All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. I'll have to say it too. Happy Father's Day to those fathers out there, whether you have your own kids or you're, you're fathering for someone else. And to celebrate Father's Day, we have a basket full of candy bars out there. Make sure you go out and grab one in celebration of Father's Day. And uh, so enjoy, enjoy that. Um, we are in our series called Renewal. Renewal. We got about five, six weeks in this series here as we talk about uh, renewing our church, renewing our church, and not just our church, Faith Bible Church. We're, we're talking about the church, and I really feel, I know there's a lot of leaders out there who feel that, that, that this is a season of change for, I mean, we've, we've said it for our country, we feel those changes all around, and all COVID did was to speed them up. They were already there. They were already there. The cultural stuff was already shifting and changing. And then COVID came in and somehow, for some reason, it just sped it up. And so it, it, it gives us, a, in, some, in some way, a new world to live in. In a new world, we live in a new world. We're, we're like turning this corner in some ways. And some are cheering and some are mourning. But the reality is, this is where we are living, all right? And the church's job is to live and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in the place, in the time, in the circumstances that it finds itself in. Not wishing that, oh, if, we, if it was only this way, then we could, we could really nail it and, and hit it out of the ballpark. If it, was only, if it was this way, then we could really do it and we could really go to town. No, no. Christ's church has always preached the gospel in its time, in its circumstances, and whatever was going on, in whatever culture it was living in. And that's what we have to do. And so as our culture is changing, the church needs a renewal. A renewal. Not, not, in, not in our message. That never changes. The message is Jesus Christ. That's our, our hope and our promise. That's what we're looking forward to him coming back again and making all things new. But uh, the way we do things, maybe the, the, some of the emphasis that we put on on certain things maybe changes and morphs over time as we deal with a new set of circumstances. So we're in this, situ this uh, series called Renewal. And uh, like we did last week, before we get into the, the passage and, and study the passage, let's do a scripture reading together. Again, we read Romans 12, 1 through 8 last week together. And uh, we're going to do that again. This is just such a, a core scripture for who we are as the church, uh, and we're going to read this again this week together. So why don't we stand together as we read the word of the Lord. Let's stand together, and we will read Romans 12, 1 through 8. And it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. 
now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another according to the grace given to us we have different gifts if prophecy use it according to the proportion of one's faith if service use it in service if teaching in teaching if exhorting in exhortation giving with generosity leading with diligence showing mercy with cheerfulness well, there we go and this is actually the passage that we're going to dive into today so if you have your bibles with you or your phones or your tablets or however you read and study the word of the lord you can turn to romans 12 and we will follow along here together and we're going to kind of go back and forth in the verses here we're not going to just take it straight through well today that the the topic of renewal is to look at renewing our ministry specifically looking at our gifts all right now for churches uh, talking about gifts is often a complicated thing because we can get into this guilt mode. You got to do this. You have to act this way. You got to serve this way. You got to, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't want this to be a, a guilt thing. And when we talk about our giftings, these are the things that the Lord has given us. The Lord has provided to us to do his work here on this earth. So I don't want to talk about this as in a guilt way. You know, sometimes we feel as we've got to use a little reverse psychology to get the people excited about using their gifts or whatever it may be. Push it this way, push it this way. Now, we want to talk more about empowerment and realize that God has empowered you to work in your giftings, all right, to work in the areas that he has called you to. Sometimes we treat the gifts that God has given us like unwrapped presents under the tree, think of christmas time it's 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 almost july in our family we sometimes celebrate christmas in july and it's just a fun thing to do but think think of unwrapped christmas presents under the tree this is sometimes how we treat the gifts that god has given us we we leave them there you know what what good is an unwrapped present under the tree it may look pretty and oh i'd really like to have that i, I think I'd, I'd really enjoy that but if we don't open it we don't embrace it if we don't use it then it then it just sits under the tree and it's not serving the purpose that it was meant for the, the giver gave you that gift for a reason at christmas time right parents give children gifts for a reason all right we give gifts to one another for a reason and sometimes we treat our gifts like we just they're they're the wrapped presents the wrapped presents under the tree and and we just kind of leave them there and we don't actually embrace them and use them for what they are so God has a plan for his church. Now, talking about guilt and talking about using our gifts, first and foremost, we realize that God doesn't love you. God doesn't love me because of what you do or what I do. That is not God, the basis of God's love. God loves you because he just loves you. All right? We did not have to perform to get into his kingdom. We did not have to do anything on our own, climb that ladder, whatever it is, to, to come into his family. God doesn't love us because of what we do. He just loves us. He just loves us. And this gives us freedom to walk in that love, to embrace that love, and then to serve 
out of love because we are serving a God who just, he just, he just loves us. He loves us, and he's called us to this. So God has a plan for the church. And what we're going to see in, in Romans 12 here is that uh, God's plan is that basically that, that we present ourselves as living sacrifices, that we're not conformed to this world, that we're, we're being transformed. He says renewing of our mind, uh, demonstrating God's will, and that all the members of the body function according to the measure of faith that God has imparted and that we use our gifts accordingly. Last week, we talked about Ecclesia versus Kirke, all right? Two different ways of looking at the church, two different ways, I would say, of even experiencing the church. Jesus called us his Ecclesia, all right? We looked at this last week. He called us his Ecclesia, this, the assembly of, of Jesus' people, all right? Uh, on mission and, and purpose, it was a, a social, political kind of word. Jesus took it from from his culture. He didn't make this word up. He didn't say, oh, now I've got this new thing that I'm going to call my, my church. No, he took this from the world and said, you know, this describes what my people are, all right? A people with purpose and movements and not static. Well, that later on, the Bible translators, as it was going out and being translated into all different kinds of languages, they said, ah, we don't really have a word for this, what Jesus was using in our culture. And they kind of grabbed onto this word, Kirke. And it, but this is, and it means house of the Lord. We talked about this last week. Kirke is house of the Lord. That sounds great. We're the house of the Lord. That started to kind of cement us in this static, we go to a place. And this is where we experience God. All right? And we kind of take in. Okay? So we talked about that last week. If you have a problem or, or you want to have questions about that, then you can go back to last week's message and, and give that a shout, a shot. Um, so, we talked about the difference between a church that's moving and going and, and ministering versus one that's just kind of static. Sometimes we treat the church like a place where we, uh, where uh, it's like a, a, a restaurant, all right? Sometimes we treat the church like a restaurant, a place to be fed. And what happens when you go to a restaurant and you have great service and a great meal and a great experience? Oh, you want to go back there, right? What happens if, oh, well, the meal didn't really meet my expectations this week, or hey, that, that waitress or waiter, they were kind of late on, on serving or interacting with me at the, at the table. I don't think I want to go back there again. Sometimes we, we treat our, our churches like that, and oh, I, I, I had great service. We even call it our, a service, right? We just came to a, a service. Uh, and, and sometimes we treat that like, oh, I didn't really get it there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on over here buzzword in the church. I've heard this as we, we're, we're looking for a place to be fed. Now, that's, that's great. We, we're, we're coming together as the body of Christ to learn and encourage and grow deeper in our walk with the Lord, but sometimes we, we look at the church as just a place to be fed, and once I feel fed and full, I'm out the door, and, and I move on, and, and I need to be fed again next week. Well, I know me, daily, I have to eat three meals a day, right? I have to keep on going, all right? But I don't come here and I don't sit in these seats three times a day to eat my meal, to be fed. No, I, I've got to feed myself out there in the world, you know? So um, a church isn't just a place where we come to be fed, all right? It comes, we, we come here to be the assembly of God. Jesus actually had something to say about food and being fed. I, I like this when J Jesus says this in John 4. Jesus says this in John 4, my food, this is how I'm fed. This is Jesus, our Savior. 
our Lord. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Finish his work. Jesus said, the way I get filled up, the way I feel fed, is when I'm doing the work of the one who sent me. I'm accomplishing the mission of the one who sent me. And Jesus said, hey, now church, I've got something for you to do too. I've got you, a life for you to live that is fulfilling the work of your God. Feds, being fed is kind of a, a buzzword. And again, you know, it's not bad. We, that's what we want to do. We want to come. We want to study. We want to go deeper in our walk with the Lord. But sometimes that's all we do. Sometimes that's all we do. I've been in church experiences where it's like, yeah, just come and sit and, and fill, 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 fill. And when you feel satisfied, well, you, then you can walk out, that, walk out that door. Jesus called us to something bigger than that. Something bigger than than that. Jesus, I don't think he's keeping track of how many verses we've memorized or how many prayers we've said. He's looking at our heart issues as he's looking at his people. We're going to talk about gifts today. Another buzzword for the church is, is called. I feel called. This is my calling, all right? Calling is critical. When God gives you a calling, you better listen. All right, and better be ready to respond to that calling. So I'm not trying to minimize that. You know, God, God calls us to a new job. He calls us to a new town. He calls us to a new place. He calls us to a new ministry. Maybe God gives you a, a new gift. And he says, hey, walk in this. Use this new gift. So we don't minimize this. I'm not trying to minimize this idea of calling. But sometimes we use the idea of calling like this. I, I feel called to do this because this is something I like. Or I don't really feel called towards this because that's something I, I don't like to do. And we kind of use calling sometimes as a, to, to gain a sense of control. I like this. I mean, yeah, God's got to be, maybe he's, he's got to be calling me to this and just this, you know, this, this is my box. This is just my little box that I, that I sit in. As a pastor, this is my box. God calls me to this little square right here. And so, man, yeah, I don't, I don't feel called to run a vacuum around this place or to make copies or to answer the phone or anything like that. No, 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 no. Sometimes we use calling to kind of gain a sense of control. All right, I mean, here's, here's a test for the church. Here's a test for it. Here's a test for the church. Maybe, this is maybe one of the, the biggest tests that a, a minister can, can put a church through or ask a church to, 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 uh, to look at. Here's a test for the church. So if I said that at this moment in time, the most critical thing that we can do as a body is to get the nursery up and running, what's your first response? When we say that, oh, we got to get the nursery going, do we say, oh, well, yeah, that's not really my calling. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But if that's what goes through our heads, then, then we may have a little bit of a problem. God has established his church and has gifted it to accomplish the work that he has set out for it to accomplish. And so using our gifts is recognizing the needs around us. It's stepping up to bring a solution to the problem. It's submitting our agenda for God's agenda. It's walking in humility with one another. And so we want to, we want to understand what our gifts are. 
But we also want to balance that with, you know, just seeing what the needs of the body and the needs of our community is and walking and stepping into that. You know what? I, I think that when we talk about gifts, we often get ourselves pigeonholed. Anybody here take a spiritual test, spiritual inventory test? I took three of them this week just to, just to kind of go back through them and say, is there any, do I, do I like these things? I, I always have mixed feelings on these, these spiritual gifts tests. And so, yeah, I took three of them this week. And they were all, you know, mostly, mostly I, I had a good cluster of, of giftings, all right? But, but sometimes we get pigeonholed into that and said, well, if this situation comes up, then I can serve. If, if this situation comes up, then, then, I can, then I can step out and serve. Well, sometimes God brings situations to our lives where it's like, you know what? I want you to walk down a, a new road, a different path. And we have to be willing to risk and, and take that opportunity to see what God is going to do in our lives. So it's about recognizing the needs around us, stepping up to bring a solution to the problem, even if that seems maybe outside of what our, 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 our giftings are. Our giftings are. If you, uh, you, you can easily Google those spiritual gifts tests. There's a number of them that, that pop up. I would suggest if you... If you go into that and you take one of those inventories, take at least three of them just to see what they do and, and see how they complement one another. Because uh, you, you, know, you get ones like, oh, there it is, there it is. And oh, wait, it's, they, they may give you different results. They may get, uh, a more try and true method of finding out what your giftings are, just talk to the people who are closest to you. How do you see God working in me or where do you see God has gifted me? We want to submit to his agenda, and we want to walk in humility with one another. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. God. The scripture, this passage, Paul, the Apostle Paul, calls us to renew our minds. Renew our minds. I think what he's talking about here is set your mind on God's kingdom. Have a kingdom view. I don't think he's telling us, oh, just, just sit and, and try to soak in more knowledge, soak in more stuff, memorize more scripture. All, all that stuff's good, but I think he's saying when we're renewing our minds, we are setting our minds towards God's purposes, will. We are setting it towards his kingdom, what he's trying to accomplish, where, where, where he says, set your minds to the reality, the reality of God's kingdom, the reality of God's kingdom and what he's doing around us. And he's going to say in verse 3, he's going to say in verse 3, we are not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. We're think, to think soberly about who we are. The reality, we are, we are the church. We are in this together. We are the body of Christ. We are in this together. Sometimes, sometimes we get caught up in the, the individual, in, in my life, in my world, and in my little space, but, but God has put together his church, his body, a, a living organism to do his work here on this earth, and we are in this together. We are in this together. The, the purpose of giftings 
isn't to make ourselves feel better or look better or gain more power or popularity or prestige. The, the purpose of the giftings is to, to feed into the body so that the kingdom work keeps on going and keeps on going and keeps on building. And we are in this together. Romans 12, 3, Paul says this, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. God is the giver of the gift. God is the giver of the gift. First, he's given us life through Jesus Christ on the cross, and then he's equipped. God is the one who has equipped each and every one of us to do his work. And Paul speaks about this. God is the one who provides what we need. God is the one who provides what we need. And as a reminder, God doesn't love us because of what we do. He just loves us. And he says, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I'm going to give you what you need. God has given all believers a measure of faith. He's given all believers a measure of faith and a gift. But not, he's not given it uh, all, all of us the same degree, it says. Which is really interesting. I think back to the, the parable of the talents that Jesus talked about in, in Matthew 25, the story that Jesus gave. And what did he do? Uh, did, did he give every one of those servants, the three servants, he said, here, you get, you get five talents, you get five talents, you get five talents? No, J- Jesus even tells the story. He says, no, okay, one, I'm going to give you five talents. Go and invest it and, do, and, and make, war, make more, bring a reward. Okay, you, I'm going to give you two talents. All right, go. Uh, invest it, bring back a reward. Okay, you, I'm going give, to give one talent. Go invest it and, and bring back a reward. All right? So Paul says in that same way, God has given all believers a measure of faith to live out and express uh, the giftings that he has provided for them. We are all part of the body of Christ. We are all part of the body of Christ. In verse 5, in the same way, we who are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. All part of the body of Christ. It says even individually, but we are all members together with one another. We all have a ministry to accomplish, but maybe in different ways. In different ways. Mine's not going to be the same as yours. My, yours is going to be greater than mine or someone else's to various degrees in certain areas as you follow God's will. Paul, Paul says this in another letter. He, he writes to a different church in, in Ephesus. In Ephesians 4, he says this, Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it is said, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to his people. This reminds me of the, the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt. All right, God says, hey, I'm going to free my people. I'm going to bring you to the promised land. You're going to be removed from slavery. You're going to go live in, in the promised land. And what happened when they left? Did they just go scurrying through the streets and kind of hidden and, and just try to sneak out of there? No, what happened? You know, as their, their Egyptian neighbors, they're leaving. Their Egyptian neighbors are piling on riches to them, right? Gold, precious things, things that they're going to need to survive in the wilderness as they make their way to the promised land. God gave them the gifts that they would need in order to survive and thrive and then even go on and and build uh, the Lord's house, his tabernacle, that would go with them 
in the desert as they're on their way to the promised land. And he says this, he gave, he gave his people, he gave his people gifts to be used. Every believer is given grace and a, and a gift to use or gifts to use for Christ. And God's gifts are not to be hidden or neglected, but to fulfill their purpose. Again, sometimes we, we leave them under the tree like a, an unwrapped Christmas present. We don't take advantage of them or embrace them or, or use them. He says to Timothy, one of his pastors in training, Timothy, in, in a letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 14, he says, don't neglect the gift that is in you. Is it possible to neglect the gift that God has given you? To sit on the sideline and say, no, I don't think I'm going to do it. God, you can't make me do that. It's, it's possible. And it, it, Paul, Paul says to Timothy, hey, make sure you're not neglecting the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Everybody recognized, Timothy, that this was where the Lord is moving you. You know, keep on moving. No, don't neglect that. Don't, even if you're discouraged, even if you feel down, Lord, you're a pastor of this church, even if that feels hard at times, don't neglect this gift. He writes later to Timothy as well in 2 Timothy 1, 6. He says, therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. He says, no, don't neglect it and rekindle that gift. Keep fanning that flame and what the work that God is, is put in, in front of you. Don't leave those gifts, those wrapped gifts under the tree. Take them out. Open them. Use them. Embrace them. They're good. They're good. This is what God has done for you. Don't get stuck. I think Paul's basically saying, don't just get stuck. Don't, don't go sit around there like this. Don't, don't, don't go to church once a week feeling like I, now I've checked it off the list and, and now I'm, I'm good. There, there's work to be done. And again, the, these giftings aren't just confined to this, this space, this room. There, there's work to be done as we walk out these doors. And God has given us the ability to walk in that. Don't neglect and at times, if you need to, rekindle that. Go back to the Lord in, in prayer. Go back to, to your, your fellow believers and, and, and ask them to pray for you and help rekindle that gift that God has, has given to you. Sometimes we can neglect our gifts and kind of leave them off to the side. Say, I, don't, I really don't want to do that. Or, that would uh, be too uncomfortable for me. Sometimes when we talk about gifts... We pull the gift out from under the tree. You, maybe if you had this, if you've had multiple kids in your house on a Christmas morning, or you've had a big gathering with kids on Christmas, you pull those gifts out of them under the tree, you start to unwrap them, and what do kids do? It's like, oh, I like this one. This is the best thing. And they start to tout it. It's, oh, this is the greatest gift in the world. And they start to brag on it. And they, you know, the, you know your, your gifts stink compared to this one. Or, man, I, why didn't I get that? Why did so-and-so get that one? I hate this stupid thing and throw it to the ground. I want that. Sometimes our head gets a little big when we start talking about our giftings. And we start to evaluate, oh, mine's, I think mine's the best. All right, mine's the best. Or mine's the most important. Mine's the most critical for this work to be done. Or, man, why don't I get that one? Why did they get that one? Ugh. Paul speaks to a, a church, a uh, Corinthian church, about that, about that. First and foremost, Christ is head of the church. He's head of the church, and he's the one giving out the gifts. 
and they're all important. They're all valuable. We're all, if we go around this room and, and we just talk even about talents and things we like to do in this room, and there's going to be, you know, a hundred different things, hundred different answers given. Same way that God gives individuals certain things to do, uh, and he is the one who gives the gifts. He is the one who gives the gifts. And we are part of his church, and he has just asked us to be part of his body and work in those gifts. Ephesians 11 speaks about there are some folks who are given gifts to prepare others for ministry. And he says in Ephesians 11, 4, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 4, 11, he says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Offices, if you will. Some churches call them offices of leadership. And he, pull, he pulls out apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Paul says there are, there are different gifts that have been given, and some are for the work of building other people up in your local body. But if we confine the ministry to, like, those people, we're not going to get the work done. We're going to miss what God has for his church because this confines the, the work to too many people. All right? Here, here's the work. And we say, oh, well, it looks like it's that group of people who do this work. And, and Paul is saying, and, and Jesus is telling us, God's telling us that, no, here's the work. Here's the people. It's going to match up. You know, what I've called you to do is going to match up with the giftings of your body. And so don't, don't, don't confine it. Don't say, it's, oh, it's just regulated to, to this small group of people. It's just too big. You know, think of the military. Think of the military as the military goes out to accomplish a mission. Think of the military. Uh, the, the game plan for the military is not Rambo. Though those movies may be fun and action-filled, and things like that, the game plan for the military is not Rambo. One man going out on his own, accomplishing this work, this mission, all the time. I mean, he's the guy you send everywhere, all right? The military's plan is, is not James Bond, right? Sending one person out for every single mission. No, the military works as a team to accomplish their mission, and they got people in high places and what we call lower places, and they got people over here and over here, but they're all focused. They're all moving in one direction to accomplish the mission of that day. The church is the same way. God has chosen us as a body to do his work. Ephesians 2 says, for we are all his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Peter says this when he's writing, that we're, a, that we're priests. We're priests doing the work of priests. And so each and every one of us is here to serve God and to build up the body of Christ and to walk into our community doing his work. And so therefore, we should know what our giftings are. We should be walking in our, our giftings. We, we should see them as, as precious from the Lord. We, we should get satisfaction out of them as we walk in that and grow in our faith. And I think as we walk in our gifts, our faith grows. As our faith grows, we keep walking in our gifts. And what happens when we walk in our gifts? Our faith grows. And we see, keep walking in our gifts stronger and stronger. And our faith continues to grow as we see God working in the midst of that situation, our situations. And we are here to fulfill Christ's calling on our lives. So, what are the spiritual gifts? The, the scriptures list a number of them. Various passages in the Bible 
Uh, we're not going to turn to all these passages, but I thought it'd be, be helpful. I would like this to be very practical today as, we, as we're sitting here you know, and we're, we're taking the word in, but I don't want us just to take this word in. I want to say, oh, this is practical. This is where I'm landing. This is what I can do as I walk out this door. This is, this is the, the way that I can serve, the way that I can serve God. This is where Christ is calling me. So I wanted to just kind of go through briefly the list of gifts that are in the, uh, mentioned in the scriptures. All right? And, and generally, there's about 18 of them. All right? And uh, so we're going to throw these up on the screen. Here we go. They're, they're all in alphabetical order. So this is not in order of importance or power, prestige, or whatever. They're just in alphabetical order. That's the easiest way to go through them. So what you do as you're looking through this list, is there something that is tugging at your heart? Is there something, you know, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, wait, <laughs> there you are, there you are. This, this, is, this is you. You should, you should step into this. You should, you should look for this. You should walk in this, all right? And uh, I want this to be pretty practical for us. Where is God calling you? Where is God calling me? I would say that even gifts may change over time as we move into a new season, new circumstances. I, I know people who, who had a gifting and then the, the, the church changed or their community changed and God said, I'm gonna, you know, this, is, this is your new mission. They, gave, they, they went from the preachers to the evangelists. That's a different gifting. All right? I've seen people who've gone from more like a teaching and, and giving wisdom to know, man, God has now called them to full-on evangelism. And they are out in the streets preaching the, preaching the word and, and um, drawing people to his kingdom. So you may say that, oh, I, I, I've looked at this in the past, but has God called us to a fresh season, a new season as the body of Christ and as individuals? So administration, the ability to help steer the church or ministry towards successful completion of God-given goals, skills and planning, organization, and supervision. You think of Pentecost. We think of Pentecost, and what do we see on Pentecost? You know, we, 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 we think that Peter preaching the word, Peter standing up there on the steps, preaching the word, and, and people coming to Christ, we, that's where we kind of focus our attention, right? 3,000 plus people came to Christ because of that message. I, man, that would be fantastic. You know, that's just phenomenal. But it doesn't stop there. I'm sure there were apostles, I'm sure there were people in that early church who said, ah, you know what? We need to count these people. We got the number, <laughs> right? We, they got the number of 3,000. We need to count these people. I'm sure that there were administrators there who were like, you know what? Now we got to get these people into small groups so that we can get to know them. I'm not sure Peter was the one who did, did that. It may have been a Matthew, that, you know, the, the tax collector. He says, man, I love numbers. I love counting things. I love putting things in order. You know, sign me up for that. And so we have the church growing in that way. So this, this is where none of these gifts are to be neglected or looked down upon, all right? We're, we're to embrace what God has given us. Apostle is listed in the scripture. And we think often of the capital A apostle. There are no more capital A apostles like a, a Peter Paul who, who walked with Jesus and were trained by Jesus. But I don't think the gift of apostle has gone away. In this definition here, a person sent to a new place with the gospel. Uh, missionaries, you may hear missionaries uh, experiencing this or using this. Uh, apostle can also provide leadership to other churches or ministries to offer advice on spiritual matters. You know, more just, okay, startups. I, I, church, I think of church planters in this gift. 
in this gifting, all right? Church planters go out there, and they've got nothing. They're, they're going to a community with nothing, and man, they, they get something going by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they may have the gift of apostle. Discernment. Discernment's another one. The wisdom to recognize truth from untruth by correctly evaluating whether a behavior or teaching is from God or another ungodly source to really discern between what is true and what is not, okay? True and what is not. Uh, as, they're, as they're diving into the Word, as they're interacting with people, oh, this, this doesn't seem right. This person walking down this path and it just doesn't kind of seem right. Oh, this person, yeah, they're, they're headed down the right path, that kind of thing. Just a spiritual discernment. Evangelism. Evangelism is a highly recognized gift. The ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel, especially to non-believers. And again, as you think through this list and where, where, where Paul wrote that, hey, uh, there were some who were given to, to build up the body of Christ, and that's their gifting. Oftentimes, we, we think that the leaders in our church, whether they be like the elders, deacons, pastors, we got trustees as well, they're the ones and they have all of these gifts. No, that's not the way. It, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. All right. Uh, some of us, you know, I've I've never been. I, I preach the word, but I've never been an evangelist. And we've got some other folks in this church. Whew, they are evangelists. They are winning people to Christ. All right. So evangelism, exhortation, uh, competence in offering encouragement, comfort, support to help someone be all that God wants them to be. An encourager. The encouragers out there. Are you an encourager? I, I see some encouragers out there. I know who you are. Faith. People with this gift have great confidence in the power and promises of God that they can stand strong in their belief and stand strong with other people, encouraging other people in faith um, as the church is, is moving forward. They're, they're the ones that just seem unshakable. No matter what happens, they just seem unshakable. All right? And they're steady in their faith and they're encouraging others in faith as well. Giving. We're all called to give, right? But there are some folks out there who are just, they go above and beyond, and they're willing to give whatever they have, resources, and it brings them such joy and, and pleasure, and they don't need to see a return, or they don't need to see anything come back to them. It's just, man, it's, it's like those anonymous givers. You ever have anonymous givers? They just don't want to hear anything about it. They want the gift to just go, all right? There's some people who are gifted in that. Healing. Capacity used by God to restore others, be that physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. And it's debated. There are some gifts here that are debated. Oh, does God still work through them? I firmly believe that God still works through his people and he doesn't change. It may look different for different times and different places, but I think there are people who have the gift of healing. And I would say that, you know what, we may, we may see some of those folks in the medical fields, in the medical profession, in the helping fields, uh, like, like uh, counseling and psychology. You, have you ever gone to a doctor's appointment? Maybe they're a believer. and You go to a doctor's appointment, you're in that place, and you're like, man, I just, I just feel great coming out of there. I went in feeling crummy, but I just feel kind of great and at ease and, and feel like I'm on this road of healing. Or you go to a counselor, a really good Christian counselor who has, I would say, kind of the gift of, of healing, where you're in that space with them, and you are experiencing the Lord working and transforming. You can go to doctors and leave that office and feel cruddy, right? I mean, you can go to a doctor and leave the office and, and start feeling great. You can go to a, a counselor and kind of walk out and start feeling 
still cruddy. But you can go to other people, and you're like, man, I just, I feel like God's presence is there. And I think, I think God works through those situations and brings, starts to bring healing to that. Helps. Someone with this gift is able to support and assist members of the body of Christ so that they may be freed up to do other ministry. All right, those folks who are just on the sidelines, how can I help? What can I do? What can I do? Give me a job. Give me a task. I don't care what it is. Just let me, let me do it. You need to clean the bathrooms? I'm going to clean the bathrooms. You need to make copies? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make copies. You need to do this, whatever. And they just, they just jump in and do it because I just, their, their goal is I want to make your life easier. And I want to see you succeed in your gifts as well. And so therefore, I'm going to come beside you and help you out in whatever way that I can. Hospitality. Uh, just making people in the scriptures, hospitality is about the stranger. Making the stranger feel welcome in your homes or in your churches, all right? It's not about getting together with your friends because I like this group of people. That's not necessarily hospitality. It can be, you know, opening up your home frequently to, to visitors and things like that and people and having people come through your homes. Yes, that can be. But it's not just about, well, yeah, I always get together with this couple or this person and we, we always have fun. That, that's not really hospitality. This is more towards strangers, those who God is bringing into your life to, to be ministered to. Knowledge. Uh, they, this gift is uh, someone who actively pursues knowledge of the Bible. They love digging into the details and pulling out that, that data and that, that stuff. This may be those, those theologians who, man, just get me in here and get me into the language, the original language, and I just want to figure out what's going on in this thing. Leadership. Mark's person who is able to stand before a church to direct the body with care and attention and to motivate them towards achieving the church's goals. Again, someone who's kind of a visionary and, and leading out in that and, and bringing people around them to accomplish the mission of the church. Mercy. A person with great sensitivity for those who are suffering manifests itself in offering compassion and encouragement and, and love for practical help. You know, the folks, when, when, you, when you see uh, through our, our prayer channels uh, or you get a phone call saying, hey, you know, someone's in the hospital and or someone's sick at home or whatever, and oh, man, you know what? I need to go and see them. I need to go and see them. I need to go talk with them. I need to give them a call and, and see how it's, how it's going. I haven't seen them for a while, and I know they were hurting. Hey, can I, can I pick, pick up that phone and, and give them a call? That's a gift of mercy. Prophecy, the ability to speak the message of God to others. And again, prophecy is debated. Does, this, does God still use this one? Because we have the scriptures. I would say that these are, these are people who, who have a word from the Lord. It has to be consistent with scripture. It has to be in line with what scripture, because God is not going to change his mind. God does not change his mind or the, the path that he is, the road that he is moving down. But those who, who see or, or hear a word from the Lord and are able to Invoke that to someone with encouragement or maybe, maybe warning. Serving. A talent for identifying tasks and needs for the body and using available resources to get the job done. Speaking in languages. This one could be said as speaking in tongues as well. I come from a pretty conservative background. A background that would say, oh, there is no such thing as speaking in tongues. What I see in the scriptures as languages and tongues being used most often is actually to communicate the word through languages that you don't know. I think there are people out there, I would see that there are people out there um, who have been gifted to take in language and go to a place and, and start speaking it and minister and share the word of the Lord and building the church up 
in that way. Some missionaries have that. Some don't, actually. Some, some go on the field, and, man, they can't pick up the language. Others go on the field, and it's like, man, God has just given me this, <laughs> and, and now I can go and speak to this tribe and this, this location because of it and share the word of the Lord. Teaching and preaching. Skill to teach people the Bible and communicate it effectively for the understanding and spiritual growth of others. And that doesn't have to be here. This can be in small group. This can be in a Sunday school class or, or another setting where you're teaching. And wisdom, this will be the last one. Wisdom, the gift of being able to sort through facts and data to discover what's needed to be done for the church. Just having wisdom and say, oh, this is the path, helping to guide the path that a church is going down. God has given each and every one of us a gift. God is going to use the gifts to further his kingdom work, and we are called to walk faithfully in those in that gifting. But there may be a price to pay. This is why we see in Romans 12, 1, Paul says, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice, it's going to take something. Maybe time, resources, effort, whatever it may be. It's going it's to take It may take your life. He's asked us to be living sacrifices as we walk and work through the Lord. I think... Uh, but there's great joy. There, there's price. There, there's a cost. But I, there's also great joy. And going back to the parable of the talents, when when Jesus when the, Jesus is telling that story, the master comes back, and the one who was given five talents, he's he's produced five more. He's doubled his profit. And the master says, "Oh yeah, that's great. Well done. Enter into the master's joy." Is what he says. Goes to the one with he gave two talents, and and he produced two more. And he's man, that's that's great. Enter into the master's joy. Goes to the one who has one talent. The guy buried it in the ground. I could see him just sitting on, sitting there watching. It didn't move. No one came and got it. I'm, I'm just guarding it, guarding it. And the master comes back and said, what were you doing? You could have at least put it in the bank and got, you know, like 5% interest, 1% interest, whatever, and gotten a little bit more on your return. But you just buried it in the ground. You left that gift in the ground. It doesn't say enter into your master's joy. He says, oh, that's, that's, you're, you're cursed. <laughs> Jesus uses some pretty strong language. But as we're faithful to what God has given us, he says to us, enter into your master's joy. Enter into the joy of the Lord as we do what he has called us to do. And you may find yourself feeling burdened right now. <sighs> heavy. You said you didn't want to guilt anybody, but I feel pretty heavy and I feel some guilt I don't know where to start, confused. I find comfort in Jesus' words in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Two times rest, he says, two times rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, basically, my mission is clear. Your mission is clear. This is what I've set you here. This is why I've called you together as my assembly. This is, this is why it's, 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 it's easy and the burden is light because it's, it's crystal clear. It's crystal clear from Jesus. He says, I'm, you come to me and I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. In the future... 
in the future, the growing churches, they won't be the ones waiting for the culture to come in and be in agreement with them. Growing churches, mission churches, will be the ones who powerfully use the giftings God has given them to help one another grow within the body and to change our communities as well. And so the prayer continues to go, renew our church, renew our church. Well, if we've got a few minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss those who need to grab kids for Mission Discovery. It's going to be time to do that because it's 10 o'clock. So if you have a, a child in Mission Discovery, you may go get them now. Uh, but as we looked at that, that list of giftings, I want us to take five minutes here, all right? And if you're online, you can do this as well, all right? We are here in sort of groupings. I want us to get into groupings, all right? If, if there is something on that list, so, so start to get into some groupings. We only got five minutes here. Starting to get, get into group. Turn to some neighbors. Get, get close to someone. Move around if you have to. If there's someone who's left behind, get with them or call them in. All right? Just kind of get into groupings. The assignment is, the task is, is there, is there, have you seen the Lord use you in a certain way? Maybe, maybe you know what your giftings are and says, man, this, I see the Lord is, is using me in this way. You know, I want to pray for them. Pray for them that the Lord will continue to move in that direction. There may be some folks here who say, I just don't know. And if you're in a grouping where you know each other, you may be able to say, oh, I think this is what the Lord is, is doing in your life. All right? So, so encourage one another in that way. Or if you saw something on that list that you're like, you know what? I, I, I've never thought about it. I'm intrigued by that gift that I saw on that list. And maybe pray towards that as the Lord giving you clarity in that. So take some time to share a few moments on maybe how you've seen the Lord work in your circle. If that's happened, take a few minutes to, to pray for one another that the Lord would reveal to you and strengthen you and grow you in your faith and grow you in your giftings as well. And so you guys do that. I'm going to speak to our online crew for just a second while you guys are doing that. If you're on the online crew, Take out a notepad, paper, or something, and journal it down. Write down maybe those giftings that you were uh, called to and directed to and, and, and set some prayers towards that uh, and, and set some prayers towards how, Lord, will you use me in my community.